This is the Chicken Yogi Show, hosted by the Chicken Yogi, Kit Kilstow. Kit creates neurodivergent and chronic illness liberation through a devotion to radical free-range wellness. Look for wellness as unique as you are and find your own path with the Chicken Yogi way. Learn more and receive a free gift when you subscribe to their newsletter at chickenyogi.com. And now, today's show. And now, today's show. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Chicken Yogi Show. Also, welcome to our YouTube viewers who are seeing me for the first time. This is the first video that I am recording as far as our podcast goes that I am doing as a video. So I would like to just kind of put a little disclaimer out there that this is always a trial and error. I do have an office cat in here who likes to knock over my camera. So we will see what happens for this episode. I do want to also put a content warning on this episode. I am going to talk about weight loss programs and fat bias in healthcare. However, I am going to talk about them from the standpoint that they are not good, that there are many misconceptions about weight loss programs, and that the fat bias in healthcare is also something that actually harms people. And so I'm going to talk about some studies. I'm going to talk about some energetic and some emotional beliefs around healthcare. Here comes the cat. And as promised, the cat knocked over the camera. So I apologize for any rough cuts in the video. I will try to fix that up in my editing process. I do want to give a little bit of background on this episode before I kind of dive into the science behind it and some of the energetic and thought processes. First of all, I did a podcast a few episodes ago about wellness is not about control. And while I was talking about manifestation and the law of attraction in that, I want to talk about control in this this situation as a belief that weight is not under individual control. A lot of people believe that calories in, calories out, calories in, exercise, you control what you eat. And if you are of a larger body, as those of you who are on the video can see that I am, then that is something that it's, you know, my personal fault that I have no willpower. And while I do want to say that there's some things that we can do for eating, you know, there, there's choices that can be made, but also those choices may have absolutely no impact on your health. And in my case, you know, yes, I can see where my diet could be better. I could certainly eat more vegetables, certainly eat the rainbow. Some of that has to do with my autism and same foods. Some of that has to do with our socioeconomic situation and the fact that I do not have the strength and the energy a lot of times to deal with the garden. I'm hoping to this year, last year, a drought goddess. So see Mother Nature interfered there with our health and wellness of this household. So there's a lot of things that play into what you eat and why you eat what you eat. And so it's not a situation of calories in, exercise, calories out. The other issue of control is that a lot of weight loss programs, and I'm going to use Weight Watchers because I've been on Weight Watchers, 
that they talk about controlling what you eat, counting calories, counting carbs, counting points. For full disclosure, in the middle 2000s, I lost about 80, about 85, 90 pounds on Weight Watchers. I got down to right under 200 pounds. Um, I was back to about a size 18 like I was in high school. And the way I did that was extremely not healthy for me. The way I did that was basically by taking their point system and not even allowing me all the points I could get. And back then, they didn't have a lot of quote-unquote zero point or free foods. It was everything had a point. I didn't eat any frozen dinners. I mean, I worked at an office job, so of course I took a Weight Watchers frozen meal for my lunch. I didn't eat any of those frozen dinners that were higher than four points. Luckily, there was a couple of my same foods in those dinners, so I was okay with that. But when I started telling people about that, they were like, you know, whoa, you're being way too restrictive with yourself. But that's because those programs, by talking about controlling what you eat, not only is that control, but as somebody with complex post-traumatic stress disorder, as somebody who doesn't want to, quote unquote, I'm going to use air quotes here, get in trouble, because when I got in trouble, I got yelled at as a child. Um, you know, when I got in trouble at work, the, the boss called you into the office and did a scowly face, which totally messed with my PTSD. When you do that, you know, I don't want to get in trouble with the Weight Watchers people. I mean, they're, you know, most of them are volunteers. They're really nice. Most of them are ladies. You know, they're really nice. I don't think, no, you know, they certainly wouldn't have yelled at me if I had gained weight. But, you know, there's always that, well, what could you have done better? As if your body is wholly 100% within your control. And let's be honest. For those of you who are chronically ill, for those of you who are disabled, you know that your body is not 100% within your control. So I want to talk um, in this episode about why these programs don't work long term and what, you know, basically what modalities they focus on. And it has to do with control. They want to control what you eat. They want you to control what you eat. And there, again, there's many reasons why we eat as an autistic individual, as a somebody who was assigned female at birth autistic. I was told that basically, you know, my, my approved stem and the stem of most of my family um, is to eat. And that's how I emotionally regulated as a kid. And as a teenager, and as a young adult, and as an older adult. In fact, it's only been within about the last six months that I've been able to stop. Um, I realize now that there are times when I just have to do the hand-to-mouth stuffing, you know, usually chips, crunchies, pretzels, something, something with some tooth to it into my mouth and usually it's the first thing when I get to work when I you know and I work from home but I do have this little office cabin that I work in for the day job so when I come here to work you know one of the first things I have to do is make my coffee and then I have to start stuffing stuff into my mouth to energetically regulate and sensory regulate because you know dealing with customers dealing with the types of customers I deal with at work that's very difficult on both my autism and my PTSD. 
I have daily panic attacks. And so one of the ways I try to keep those at bay is to eat. Um, hence body by stress. But, um, so, you know, I'm aware of it that time. So now I've reached the point where I'm like, okay, I can start using some of my other tools, my other modalities, my deep breathing, my meditation, my yoga, just simply breathing and saying, hey, I am in control here. One of the joys of, you know, my remote working and being able to work from home is that I'm in control. And so, again, we have control over what you eat, but also being able to control your environment to reduce your sensory overload. So let's talk a bit about fat bias in healthcare and why those weight loss programs and, you know, the ads from are starting to taper off because it's April, but you see them, you know, especially after the first of the year, Weight Watchers does a big advertising push, Nutrisystem, Jenny Craig, all of those, if you notice, they talk about controlling what you eat as if you're simply buying the wrong things at the grocery store. And what you buy at the grocery store is completely dependent on where you live, what grocery stores you can afford, what is available to you, as well as what you're familiar with, what you have time and energy to cook. And so in some ways, a program like Nutrisystem where they provide the food for you, you just have to nuke it and go, or home meal kits like that, that can help because you don't have to think about what to eat. You don't have to you know, put the time and energy into, you know, cooking the food unless it's something where you actually have to prepare the ingredients they send. So it does take some of that emotional labor out of it and by giving you that control and you choose what meals you want. But the important message, even though Weight Watchers advertising talks a lot about, you know, being able to eat the foods you want and do what you want to do. Well, let's be honest. If your food that you want to eat since it's Easter time, if you want to live on peeps for the next month, Weight Watchers are going to say, yeah, you can do that. But like you could have like a package of peeps a week and that's it. And, you know, that package of 10 peeps is not going to last you an entire week. There's been times where that package of 10 peeps did not last me an hour. So I, I think the this false advertising that you can eat what you want within their regimented system is... You know, they're controlling you. They're controlling what you eat. And because of that, they are sending you the message that you are wrong. They're sending you the message that you don't know how to feed your body. You don't know how to do this. And so I'm going to tell you how to feed your body. Well, what they're saying is if you are, if you are not neurodivergent, if you are not chronically ill, if you are not disabled... If you are mobile, if you have access to, you know, a decent variety of fruits and vegetables and you're not limited to, say, like Walmart or a corner convenience store for your grocery shopping, if you have the money to purchase all of these things, the socioeconomic wherewithal, to not just join, you know, Weight Watchers, pay their price and everything, but also to buy the food, and yes, there are ways to get cheaper fruits and vegetables, but then you have texture if you're buying canned fr fruits and vegetables all the time. 
for a long time you were dealing with BPA in your cans, which was a cancerous thing. In fact, somebody that I knew actually got cancer, um, an endocrine cancer, because where they lived, they had to basically eat only canned fruits and vegetables, and the BPA gave them cancer or was a chemical that caused cancer in their body. So, you know, you sodium content is another big one. Your sodium content of your canned fruits, I'm sorry, your canned vegetables is very much off the charts sometimes. And so if you're on a sodium reduced diet, you might need frozen vegetables where frozen vegetables get kind of mushy and oogie. You might need fresh vegetables. Well, then you, even with the farmer's markets, those start costing money. So you see, there's all of these factors that go into what you can eat, why you eat, how you eat. And because of this, you don't have the control that these companies think you have. So I'm going to throw a couple resources out to you, um, or actually one specific resource, a Twitter account and the person's associated website. And I really encourage you, I'm going to link to them in my show notes. I'll link to them, of course, on YouTube. I really want to share these with you because I think that it is very important that you do some research for yourself. Don't just, you know, listen to me talk about it. So the Twitter account is at the Fat Doctor UK. I love this person's work. I really do because this individual is a medical doctor. They are a trans medical doctor, so they're also aware of the systemic issues affecting trans bodies. And the website is no way. So N O W E I G H, like weighing yourself on the scale, no way.org. And when you go to their website, they have four patients for professionals. And then there's, you know, some other information there. But where I'm at is on the four professionals. And this website has some wonderful resources that will talk about the body mass index, the BMI. And who introduced the BMI, why this person introduced the BMI, and how this BMI is a tool of, a pre- of oppression, how the BMI is actually flawed and outdated. And it also talks about, through this information, why the BMI isn't good, for example, for patients of color, for non-white patients, because the individual who created this only created this based on white bodies. And so, you know, it's systemically oppressive as far as just in general, as not being a good indicator of health. It's used to shame patients. It's used to deny health care to patients. And it's very, very bad for patients of color. And so, you know, there's some good information. But what I like to talk about is basically the fact that weight gain is not caused by an imbalance of calorie intake and energy usage. So I'm going to say that, you know, calories in, calories out. It is not that simple as much as you'd like to believe that. And I feel like that I'm going to say that and a lot of people are going to go, yeah, she's she, actually that that would be misgendering me. You shouldn't say she, <laughs> they're fat. And so, um, you know, that's why, that's why they think that, you know, calories in, calories out is wrong. No, 
it's something that I have known since I lost 90 pounds on Weight Watchers and gained most of it back. Now, I'm I'm pretty much back at that pre-Weight Watchers weight. I'm pretty much, and I feel like that, you know, there's a set point somewhere in there that I will healthily get to. Um, and I am, you know, I, I am cognizant of what I eat and, and why I'm eating. But I am much, I would much rather approach my own personal health and weight through being aware of what I eat, why I eat, and maybe make some changes and see what happens. Because rather than try to do any sort of restrictive diet that, frankly, I can't afford right now. But let's get back to calories in, calories out. That is a law of thermodynamics. It's a scientific law. But it doesn't apply to the human body because we're not a closed system. So to get a little scientific on you, a closed system is a system where there are no extra inputs. You take a battery. You know, we, most of us probably did these experiments in school where you take a battery, you hook up a couple of wires, a light comes on. That's a closed system because all you have is the battery and the light. As long as your battery has juice, your light stays on. That's calories in, calories out. Calories in to the light bulb, out of the battery. No, no variables. Your battery doesn't have a set, you know, volume of charge based on what it could afford that day. The the light bulb doesn't take more or less energy depending on its mood. It's a closed system. Our human body is not a closed system because we live in connection, which is one of the big things I talk about here at the Chicken Yogi Show. We live in connection with other people, with our culture, with our society, and we live in a capitalist society, which means we only get what the society feels that we deserve. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that we deserve that. I'm a firm believer that everybody deserves to have shelter, housing, food, a reasonable income, healthcare, medicine, that you should have the basic needs of life. You should have food, shelter, water, healthcare, full stop. Doesn't matter if you just, you know, you, there's no quote unquote deserving of that. You deserve that because you simply exist in this world as it is. So unfortunately, our society is not like that. Unfortunately, Especially here in America, there's a whole, oh, there's a whole, I could go for hours talking about minimum wage, jobs, blah, blah, blah. So um, I'm trying not to get on that soapbox, but I think you can tell that as human beings, we're not a closed system. What I eat tonight, or actually tomorrow night's a great example. So I've got something on the menu, we're going to have it for dinner, except... I lost my grocery list. I think I forgot to put what we need for dinner tomorrow night on the grocery list to begin with. We didn't get it. And so now this carefully planned meal, I get to, you know, adjust and play around with it and we'll be fine. It'll all work out. I've got other stuff to eat. Um, But, you know, a closed system doesn't forget its grocery list. A closed system doesn't have to remember what to buy at the grocery store to eat or if you can afford what you buy at the grocery store. There are way too many factors in the human body. Your gut biome, you know, what microbes, probiotics, what, you know, what's going on in your intestines, in your stomach. Autistic individuals are far more likely 
to have GI issues, which affects what you can and can't eat or whether you even feel like eating due to sensory overwhelm. Um, quite often it's sensory overwhelm. But there is a lot of things going on in your body. If you don't eat enough, your body goes into starvation mode and starts hoarding all of your calories. There's, there's a whole bunch. You know, you may have illnesses. You may have medications that slow or speed up your metabolism. Your age affects your metabolism. There's all sorts of stuff going on. And so it's not as simple as what you eat reflects what you weigh. The other thing, too, is that your health status cannot be predicted by weight. And this is where correlation is not causation. There, again, there's way too many things going on. And a good example is the last time I was at the doctor's, my blood work was great. My fasting glucose was great. You know, cholesterol was good. The only problem I have, you know, I had was not related to my weight. It's related to some, you know, to some other things going on, including the gender I, I was assigned at, at birth and the organs that came along with that. Um, you know, so you, you can be as large as I am and your cholesterol is good and your fasting glucose is good. And I say this as somebody where everybody in my family pretty much has diabetes and that's a whole nother show because there's some things that just from being around everybody with diabetes, there's some thoughts I have on that and what causes that. Um, but when you, when you think about that, you know, it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword because on one hand, hooray, you know, all my blood work is good. On the other hand, it makes doctors even more likely to basically say everything is psychosomatic, or in my case, blame everything on my fibromyalgia and not treat any legitimate issues. So the, the thing is, you got to be aware of that, but your BMI doesn't, you know, correlate to having absolutely horrible blood work, for example, if your BMI is over a certain thing. In fact, there's a study cited on this website that said that it was a very large epidemiological study that said the people with the BMI between 25 and 30 had the longest life expectancy. This goes into the geriatric work that I am familiar with where older individuals, especially older women who have a little bit more weight on them, actually are better cognitively and have a better quality of life um, than the, you know, very skinny, frail, older people. And again, that has to do with quite a few factors. So the thing is that... You know, and there's there's a study here about weight stigma during COVID. There is a whole bunch of information here. And so, again, I could spend hours going into this. But the thing is, we are pushed to lose weight. That's usually the first thing a doctor can say. And there's a lot of people who actually get very sick that way because they have cancer or something going on. And their doctor says, oh, just lose weight and you'll be fine. And that is obviously not the case. And so to circle back around and talk about weight loss programs, this also goes into why I won't talk about food very often. Now, I did just do a blog on an egg cooker because it's Easter. I love eggs. Chickens are my special interest. I have chickens. And so I did this blog to say, hey, there's this cool little gadget. 
that might help you both because of the holiday coming up or just in general with life. And I, I will share food things like that. But I will not share like you must eat, you know, six servings of vegetables a day type food advice because we are all variable. We are all individuals. And part of free range wellness is deciding what versions, what, what, what wellness and health means to us. And that includes what we eat, what we feel good about eating, what we choose to eat and why we choose to eat it. And when you get to weight loss programs that talk a lot about control, you're not eating right, you need to learn how to eat again, they're forgetting, you know, they're forgetting, first of all, the whole socioeconomic variety of factors that has to do with weight and weight issues and, you know, how large or how small you are. They're forgetting all of that. But also they're forgetting your relationship with your body. And this is the thought I want to leave you with. So when you take somebody, put them on Weight Watchers, limit them to, you know, their points. And I think the last time I tried it, because of my size, I was limited to like 32 points a day, which honestly, depending on what I eat, and I fell back into that restrictive eating mode, which is why I didn't stay on it, because I was like, no, this isn't healthy for me. But... When you, when you limit somebody to what they can eat, whether that's through points, whether that's through providing the food for them, whether that is, you know, calorie counting, put it at all in an app. When you do that, what happens is that it will make their relationship not with their body, but with whatever system you've given them. And we don't want to have a relationship with that system. That system is cold. That system is impersonal. That system doesn't give a damn if you're having a rough day, if you can't afford food, if you can't afford to stay on the program. So you want to have a relationship with your body. And what that means is starting to become aware of why you eat, what you eat, think about how you eat, think about ways, if you choose to, to tweak what you eat Maybe to try new things, maybe to broaden your horizons, maybe to try to make your meals healthier according to what you want to do, um, a direction you want to go in with your food. I, for example, I want to eat more, more plant-based foods. You know, I, I will never give up meat totally, but, you know, so I will look at ways of adding more bean dishes. I like beans, so I will add more bean dishes. Um, I will look at ways of, you know, trying to throw in a salad, which is about the only vegetables that we eat. You know, I'll try to throw salads on sides of things um, to try to help us out. You know, looking at doing things like that within what you want to eat and why you want to eat. So I just want to, you know, encourage you to think about having that relationship with your body because that to me is wellness. That to me is health. Having that relationship with my body, being in touch with my body's signals, which I understand that that is, you know, difficult as an autistic person um, within the neurodivergent community. So that's something I always want to cultivate because I know that's difficult for me. I want to know why I'm hungry. Am I hungry? Have I eaten recently? You know, that sort of thing. So I want to encourage you to, to cultivate that relationship with your body and cultivate that relationship with what you eat and do that in a way that feels healthy and good for you. That's all, that's all I'm saying. And really, if somebody starts talking to you about control, 
about, you know, gives you the impression that they feel that you're not doing things correctly when it comes to eating or when it comes to your body. I want you to really give that a critical eye. Some of that, you know, maybe coming from a place of goodness and wanting to help you. Some of that could be, you know, coming from the fact that the diet industry is an industry and Weight Watchers wants to grow its revenue. You know, Weight Watchers doesn't care if you stay on the program. All they want is your is your monthly money. Your doctor may not care about your health and wellness. They may be just dealing with their own stereotypes and erroneous information that they were taught. So I hope you find this helpful. Um, let me know. You know, I've I'm, I'm got to edit the, the cat hiccup out. But let me know how this first video podcast is done. And I would love to hear your thoughts on this topic. This is something that's near and dear to my heart and something that I really wanted to share to you. Thank you so much and be kind to yourself. Thank you for listening to The Chicken Yogi Show, hosted by The Chicken Yogi, Kit Kilstow. Kit's passion is creating neurodivergent and chronic illness liberation through a devotion to radical free-range wellness. We're not one-size-fits-all people, so why should your wellness be designed for everyone? Learn more at chickenyogi.com and subscribe to the newsletter while you're there for a free gift. Please follow the podcast at podcast.chickenyogi.com. Subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Music is Running with the Horses by Purple Planet Music. Their website is purple-planet.com. This show is copyright 2023. All rights reserved by Kit Kalestow and Chicken Yogi. Thank you for listening. Website is purple-planet.com. This show is copyright 2023. All rights reserved by Kit Kalestow and Chicken Yogi. Thank you for listening.